Know my hearty Mikey, Tane Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Happy Monday. Today, New Zealand is suspending its bilateral human rights dialogue with Iran. That just after four. Alcohol in the spotlight. The government wants to make it easier for communities to put in place rules around the sale of alcohol in their area. Do you think the age you can buy alcohol should be raised? And many of us have whānau friends, loved ones who live overseas for years now, so why are airlines charging so much more? Have you booked a flight to try and see them? What did it cost? And new research suggests that fathers not only take on fewer domestic tasks, they are generally more satisfied with this arrangement than the mothers are. In short, Dads do less and are quite happy about it. We talk about that. And trick or treat tonight. Thoughts when kids come knocking, do you give them sweets or just not open the door? Do you buy into Halloween? Do you, like me, hate Halloween and wish it would just go away? Because if you come to my door, you'll be getting a slice of cucumber. You text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Jenny Rainish, who's the co-founder and CEO of Cord Bank NZ. Now, this is where expectant parents can store their baby's cord blood stem cells for future medical use. Jenny, kia ora, welcome to the panel. Thanks for having me. And... Phil O'Reilly, he's the Managing Director of ING Partners uh, and a global business commentator, Phil Kiora. Uh, good afternoon, and from a gorgeous, clear spring day here in Is the it? capital, just unbeatable weather. No, not really, no. Ah, no good good trickle-treat weather, huh, Phil? Fantastic. Should keep the kids at home, hopefully, if it rains later. <laughs> <laughs> now, a brilliant game over the weekend in the Rugby World Cup with Black Ferns and Wales, 55-3. to three. Uh, They were never in danger of being beaten by Wales, but Wales gave it their all, making a strong start up front. But once the Black Ferns found their stride, they were just too quick, too slick. And Portia Woodman becoming um, the... Uh, biggest try scorer in Rugby World Cup history. And the All Blacks, they win against Japan, 38-31 to in Tokyo, described as unconvincing. With us is Zoe George, sports journalist at Stuff and host of the Podium podcast. Jo- Zoe, kia ora. Kia ora. Hello, everyone. It's, oh, wow, what a huge weekend of sport because not Isn't only it? did we have the the Black Ferns and the All Blacks, we also had the Black Caps yes, uh, of at course. the T20 World Cup as well. So it's all go, go, go. But um, a really wonderful win by the by the Black Ferns yeah. on the weekend against Wales. They never looked like they were going to lose, but you were right. You know, when they kind of settled those early nerves, they got stuck in. And, and you're right about Portia Woodman. So she's now scored 20 World Cup tries which is the highest, is the record, World Cup record for men's or women's rugby. Oh, right, yeah. So, Isn't no, that Eng- good? England, yeah. <laughs> England and Canada meet in the first semi-final at Eden Park, mm. Saturday, am I right? So followed by yeah. the Black Ferns game against, against France. So what are you anticipating, yes. Zoe? Oh, well, England, Canada, I mean, Canada played incredibly well against the USA uh, on the weekend but England they're, they're tournament favourites hands down you know they've been incredibly dominant the last sort of couple of years particularly last year uh, and then 
I, so that's an easy one. That's a really easy one. It's the Black Ferns versus France that I'm not too sure about. France are an incredibly strong defensive side. Okay. And yet we are incredibly fast. We're such a fast team. You, like, look at that back line. Oh, just full of talent. Um, but the wonderful thing is that our entire team is talented. So I think we've come a long way from 12 months ago where we were. Um, last time we played, uh, last time we played them, it was something like 29-7. They beat us this time last year, and there has been a lot of change that's gone on within the Black Ferns team. I think as well, having uh, the home semi is helpful at Eden Park, which is going to be great fun because also Shapeshifter are playing the halftime show. Oh. So even if you're not a even if you're not a rugby fan, get I'm down there. just to check out Shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, sweet. I'll see you there in the stands. Um, so it's going to be one of those occasions where you know rugby fans, music fans get to come together and enjoy the spectacle that is the Rugby World Cup on home soil. You know, the, we've fought hard to have the rugby here and I'm so glad that it's here. Um, and this is number two of so many other women's sports things coming up, including FIFA Football World Cup next year. Oh, yeah. No. So, yeah. I've got to say, it says Porsche Wallace, so no, apologies for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny, have you been following the World Cup? Uh, look, I have sort of partially. Um, yeah. I, I think it's an incredibly exciting opportunity to be this close to it, so I'm all for it. Olga, what about you, Phil? Yes, I haven't been watching much rugby lately. I, I watched the I watched the highlights of that game. Ab, to your point, absolutely fantastic backline play. It was amazing to watch just on the news. But I was actually doing something else. I was watching Shane Van Ginsbergen win the V8 Supercars Championship for the umpteenth time. So I was watch, <laughs> I was at least watching a Kiwi uh, on Saturday night. I must say, but not not rugby. Regrettably, good on you, Phil. So hearts in the V8s there, Zoe. Um, oh, that's I, I, it's <laughs> totally fine. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> hey. Um, uh, uh, France's scrum, pretty formidable mm. against Italy. The Black yes. Ferns will need to summon all their confidence in their scrum, just as one example of what maybe to watch for. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, that, that scrum, like you said, from France is incredibly tough, you know, like, and their, their defence is, is the toughest in the competition. Um, but we showed against Wales that we our front pack are tight, they can do it, um, and they just need to get physical. And that's what we've seen over the last sort of couple of weeks, the progression of physicality from that front set of the Black Ferns. So it's going to be an incredibly tight game. I think that there's only going to be a couple of points in it. Um, and I would, like, I would like to see the Black Ferns obviously win because it's the home team um, but you know where we were coming in third as favourites you know third favourites into this tournament so the fact that they've made it to the semis um, the fact that they are playing really good rugby oh, they might be able to do it they might be able to just get home and, and make it to the final against England I mean I'd love to see Canada beat England but I don't I don't yeah. think it's going to happen so, yes yes um, now now, Zoe, uh, any comments uh, while you're here on the uh, All Blacks uh, against Japan? I, I, this, is, this is interesting. Richard Noll kind of summed it up here, not mincing words when he says, this performance was a sobering insight into how a team could allow itself to be a bumbling mess when challenged <laughs> by a passionate side. Well, you know, there's a few things to unpack here. Number one, it was on at the same time as the Black Ferns, and that was mildly entertaining. Yes. Uh, and I had to, I went down and watched the game at the Welsh Dragon Pub in Wellington. <laughs> the only, it turns out it's the only Welsh uh, pub in the Southern Hemisphere, so there you go. And they had the All Blacks on in the small room and the, and the Black Ferns on in the big room, and so I was jumping in back in between. Number one, they put their second tier team on. So, uh, but they're going to have to stop doing that because what we're seeing is the growth of Japan rugby, and oh, part of that, 
And part of that, like Japan played absolutely out of their skin. Um, I was cheering for them quite loudly, I do admit, even though I support the All Blacks. So I really wanted Japan. Those final few moments, there was only like four points in it. Uh, and, then, and then they got a penalty. So it was incredibly tight. But a whole bunch of Kiwis have gone up to Japan and we're seeing that now. So Warner Derns, for example, played for Japan. Um, his mum, Tanya Derns, who is a former Silver Fern, is now the CEO of Mid, uh, Mid Canterbury Rugby. His dad's up there. Like all these Kiwis are going up there. Robbie Deans, for example, has now gone up there, former assistant to the All Blacks and Australian coach. Um, he's now up there as well. And so we've, you're seeing the insert of, of New Zealanders and Australians in Japan, and they're bringing the level of that game up. We won't see the scores like we did from the 1990s, where it was 145 nothing. It has got Japan will beat the All Blacks at some stage if this continues, and the All Blacks can't put their second string team on anymore. Amazing as always, Zoe. It's so wonderful to have you in uh, <laughs> in the house. Oh, any time. Yeah. Go, yeah. go the Black Ferns this weekend. Please come along to Eden Park. Tickets, like I think it start at ten bucks. Like yeah. two games, uh, you know, and a shapeshifter concert. Cheaper shapeshifter <laughs> concert out. It'd be great to see you there. Good That's food. Good it's going to be amazing. Good on you, Zoe. <laughs> That's uh, passion, isn't it, Jenny? Oh, huh? absolutely. Fantastic passion. Yeah. Absolutely. What did you play? Uh, do you play a sport now? No, I was always um, someone who admired other people playing sport mm-hmm. and um, spent a lot of years watching um, my two daughters coxing for their school team with oh. rowing. So, you know, the last four or so years of their school years and, and fell in love with rowing. Just couldn't believe how amazing uh, oh, it was. Oh, yeah. So, so you, you're rowing and, um, and Phil O'Reilly, you're into drifting. Is that right? <laughs> I wish. I, I used to, as a kid, play soccer poorly. My father, with and I didn't realize this was a joke when I was a kid because I took him very seriously. He said my position was left right out, and it was. <laughs> and I, I said, "Oh, is that, is that a position?" I didn't realize it. <laughs> Trying to be funny. All right, now, um, Wallace. For once, I'm in agreement with you regarding Halloween. This is a northern hemisphere event and centers around the autumn harvest, hence the pumpkins. This has no place. In New Zealand, and kids paying me a visit <laughs> will be sent packing. Thanks, Marty. Your thoughts. Text me 2101. I've been thinking, Jenny Rainish, take it away. Right. Well, this week I've been intrigued to see a news story about a Chinese company ghostwriting assignments for students at New Zealand universities. It was leaked by a Kenyan whistleblower who claims to have written over 500 assignments. I wondered why you'd find yourself at university if you didn't want to do the work and how you'd find the Kenyan to brief on your assignment. I'm fortunate to be back at university part-time and I have trouble explaining what's required in my assignments to my husband, who hears about what I'm studying every day. Wouldn't it take you more time to explain what you needed than to actually do it yourself? Maybe ghostwriting only works for science or maths. In my case, thinking about how to brief this Kenyan to write an assignment on the political and legal significance of tikanga is frankly impossible to imagine. And even if it does work for assignments, how does it help in exams? Surely you can't use a ghostwriter for that. So you'd end up passing your assignments and then failing your exams. Seems like a self-defeating strategy to me, but maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, you are missing something. You want to pass your exam. You'll do, you'll do anything. What's wrong with it? But they can't set your exams for you. You have to go in and do the exam on your own. Yeah, but we all, we all have ways to get around it, do don't we? we? 
Don't, don't you um, do Not things like writing writing um, little um, mnemonics on your um, inside arm? No, no, now universities, you? it's open books. You can actually take your pages in and, oh, yes, that's and, right. and look at your content. I mean, the trick isn't the paperwork. It's the ability to put it together in your head. And so I can't quite see how you can get a Chinese assignment writing company to get it together for you to pass your exams. Well, then the, 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 it's useless then that they won't help you. No, I agree. I yeah. can't work out why they're doing it. Okay. I right. mean, Phil O'Reilly, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking about this weirdness over the rumours of the Prime Minister leaving and going off to the United Nations or something. I mean, it's just truly strange. I mean, I get people asking me about it. Is she going to leave? I say, no, she's not going to leave. She's already said she's not going to leave. Why would she leave? It's ridiculous. And yet these rumours continue to occur. And I've been... You know, the latest well, I wasn't even aware she was going to move to New Plymouth. I'm not sure which United <laughs> I'm not sure which United Nations office there is in New Plymouth, but it must be very big for something. The United Nations of New Plymouth. But you know, it, it, and it's, I've been trying to think about why that's occurring, and and I don't think it's a left right thing. I don't think it's uh, some sort of I don't think it's particularly organised. What I think is actually starting to happen is as we get into our own kind of weird little echo chambers a bit, we start to believe some of the people around us in the echo chambers, whether it's of the left or the right. And I think that's part of what's happening here. So I'm actually concerned that this not only won't go away, but it will become a bit of a permanent thing, no matter who's the prime minister or who the person is, that you get this kind of weird rumour mill stuff happening. I'm not sure how we get rid of it. And I don't, as I say, I think it's going to become much more a permanent feature as very, you think of the very splintering point, of media. You know? Any ideas, Jenny? Look, I think that, you know, rumour has always sort of swarmed it's around people in those, in those sort of roles. And um, there's a, uh, you know, it's kind of to be expected. I mean, there are all kinds of rumours generally. But for someone who's this high profile and for someone who's been overseas and travelling a lot, uh, when we were used to having her here all the time, people put one and one together and get 11 but these rumours have been around for most of her time. I mean, it's just, it's truly weird. I don't understand it. Really good point, Phil. Might get someone on about that. Uh, the New Plymouth one, that was interesting and rather odd, wasn't it? Anyway, Jenny Rainish and Phil O'Reilly with me this afternoon, and there's a lot to talk about today. Stay with us until five. The panel, RNZ National. <laughs>